Okay, I was completely terrified. Not in a bad way, because we had spoken on the phone several times, but the fear, complete butterflies, just like you're saying. I had total butterflies. And what's so interesting, when I got off the plane and saw him, he was so nervous. I could see his eyes as if they were saying, please like me, please accept me. And when I saw how nervous he was, my nervousness went away and I just walked over him, to him and gave him a big hug. And I said, it's so good to finally meet you. And he said, it's so good to finally meet you too. You can't make this one up, folks. Welcome, everyone, to the Real Leaders Podcast, your number one source for impact leaders, harnessing capitalism to sustain the planet, people, and profits. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and that moment in time was shared by Princess Sarah Jane Culberson, the Princess of Sierra Leone and founder of Sierra Leone Rising, who was fostered by an all-white family in West Virginia and shares today her journey of making it back to meet her prince father and the lessons she's learned along the way. So for episode number 100, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the real Princess Sarah. Enjoy. Three, two, and welcome everyone to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm host Kevin Edwards. Joining us today is Princess Sarah, the Princess of Sierra Leone. Princess Sarah, thank you for, for being with us. Thank today. you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm excited too. Uh, we were just talking kind of beforehand, kind of spur of the moment interview. I'm glad we were able to meet. Uh, a Princess Found is, is your book here yes. uh, that you co authored uh, mm-hmm. a while back. Now, in order to be found, you had to be lost. So let's start with how did Princess uh, Sarah get lost mm. in the first place? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I like that. Um, so I was adopted into an all-white family in West Virginia as a baby. My father came over from West Africa to go to college, and he met my mother, my birth mother, who was white American, had me, realized they weren't ready, and put me up for adoption. I was placed in adoption, and this whole new world opened up. I met this amazing family, my new family, um, and grew up, went to college, went to graduate school, was navigating life, and then in 2000 and I went to Sierra Leone and met my birth father and met the whole tribe. And it was incredible. Um, this, um, my father actually was really excited to meet me and he gave me this beautiful green African dress. And when I got to the village, all the women came forward wearing the same green dress that I've been given singing in Mende, my family's language. We're preparing for Sarah. I was completely overwhelmed. I got teary. I was in shock and it was beautiful. I met my brother Hindobe, my sister Jenaba, I met the whole tribe, and it was incredible. And I also saw what happened after an 11-year civil war. So it was beautiful, and it was also very challenging. Mm, sure. And um, and then a couple of years later, I actually took my parents who adopted me to Sierra Leone so everyone could meet. So it's been incredible, and we've been doing work there for the past 14 years with our nonprofit, Sierra Leone Rising, and we do work in public health education and female empowerment. That's Fascinating. Okay, so let's just back up a little bit. So, like in the interview, you know, I'll get some butterflies or something like that. You know, get a little jittery before the interview or something like that. What were you sensing before you met your father for the first time? Okay, I was completely terrified. Not in a bad way, because we had spoken on the phone several times, but the fear, complete butterflies, just like you're saying, I had total butterflies. And what's so interesting, when I got off the plane and saw him, he was so nervous. I could see his eyes as if they were saying, please like me, please accept me. 
And when I saw how nervous he was, my nervousness went away and I just walked over him to him and gave him a big hug. And I said, it's so good to finally meet you. And he said, it's so good to finally meet you too. And everything just melted away. It was just love and connection and, and beauty. It was really beautiful. So what was, when you're, when you say alone, you said there's some conflict there. Mm -hmm. What were some of the first things when you, when you go, you're coming from West Virginia. Yes, yes. And then you get to Sierra Leone. What are some of the things that stuck out to you? And what did you want to do about those things? So I went to Sierra Leone two years after the Blood Diamond Civil War had ended. So the war was 1991 to 2002. And I was there in 2004. So I saw the remnants of an 11-year civil war. I saw people who had missing hands, missing arms. You know, it, it was pretty difficult to see. And it wasn't the Blood Diamond movie with Leonardo DiCaprio or something like that. It was, it was my family and it was real. And I said, I can't just come back to the United States and act as if I didn't see any of this because this is my family. And um, so that's when we started the nonprofit to start rebuilding after the Blood Diamond War. So what was the focus then? You said it was female empowerment. And education. And education. And public health. Because that's one of the things that yeah. we realized when we were there, we were doing all this work around education, helping to support students to be educated. We were very excited about that. And then we started to realize, oh, kids are getting sick because they don't have clean water. Um, some people don't have enough food to eat. So it didn't really matter about their education if the kids weren't okay. So that's when we really started to focus on the public health part and also around clean water and um, really supporting the girls because girls were staying home and not being able to go to school sometimes during something that's sometimes uncomfortable to talk about, but their menstrual cycle, because a lot of girls drop out globally due to their menstrual cycle, they drop out of school. So we actually worked with an organization called Days for Girls and the PAD Project to actually really support the girls to stay in school with built-in pads into their underwear that are usable and washable. So. Well, yeah. I think just to add to that point, it's important to note that all of these problems are interconnected, like the water. How does that affect someone's education, their ability to focus in school? What and their it, health. Their health. What are they being fed? The food, agriculture, right. they're all intertwined in some way. Completely. With, so, with this being such a robust and complex problem, I mean, what gives you hope that we can, you can take something on like this? Well, the people, my family, the community, the grander, greater community in Sierra Leone, they are my inspiration. And um, I mean, I think really seeing what they've already done, it's not as if like, oh, Sarah can go make a difference. No. I'm, right. It's like, how do we work with the community and support everyone? Um, we're working with an organization called World Hope, and they actually can dig deep that um, down to the lower part of the aquifer. So wells do not become contaminated. So a lot of hand dug wells become contaminated, but working with them, they really have helped. And so we've dug nine wells that are serving 12,000 people with clean water so far. And we'd like to um, partner with them this year. My goal is to have 250 wells and we're starting with 20. So um, that's, goals. yeah, the big goals. But gosh, when I go and visit somewhere and somebody shares with me, hey, Sarah, can you please make sure we have clean water? Could you help me with a well? Could you help our community? This well is going to become contaminated soon in two months. And then we're walking miles. I mean, I can't just leave and act like I didn't hear that. It's really, you know, we can come back to America and turn on the faucet and we're fine. It's a different world and it really impacts the education system. It impacts healthcare. Mm -hmm. It's a simple thing that can really impact a lot of things. Water. 
Right. Yeah. Simple. Right. Water. Water. Everyone needs water. Everyone needs water. So this water you're taking, this water challenge, this dilemma that you're taking on, yeah. already built twenty wells. You're you're having a big change in this uh, in this culture in the society. How have these people changed you? How have people in Sierra Leone changed me and my family? Um, I have a different outlook on life. Things that um, I think used to be important are not anymore. Worrying about, um, I used to do, I used to be an actress and do TV and film and I would wonder, oh, I need to get to this audition. I was stressed about things that, who cares? (laughs) Nothing wrong with it, but it just wasn't my purpose anymore. And it was interesting because I went to an audition and this is years ago. And the casting director said, how come you don't know about these TV shows? I said, I really don't watch TV much. And he goes, you're an actress and you don't watch TV. And I said, honestly, I'm doing work in Sierra Leone and that's my focus. And then he said, oh, I want to introduce you to someone. So he introduced me to a friend and we started partnering. She has a nonprofit doing work in Sierra Leone. So it's interesting that that acting world actually connected us. Um, But things that were really important and significant in my life or having a bad day, it's like, what's a bad day? I have clean water. I can shower anytime I want. I mean, I really started to see um, the differences in my life and in my family's life in Sierra Leone. And I said, okay, I got to do something about this. For people watching this, they're inspired by the story. How can they help and help contribute to Sierra Leone? Um, That's a great question. Thank you for asking. I think really people can help. They can go on our website, sierraleonerising.org, and they can help. They could donate toward a well or buy a well. Um, they could, um, help with school uniforms. They could help with, um, the computer coding program. So students are learning how to code. That's another thing we're doing. Um, we work with taking it global to make that happen. Um, they, there are endless opportunities. There are all these different ways people can donate. They can help raise awareness. They can help with the girls menstrual cycle program that we also have. So it's all on our website and people can really help that way. Well, but in. The last question I have for you today, yeah. Sarah, is, you know, what type of leadership is needed in this world today to take on those problems that we're, are going to impact tomorrow? What type of leadership? That's a great question. That's going to take on. I really think it's listening. Listening. To others. One of the things I learned is as an American growing up, in the, because I grew up in the United States, right, going back and forth. I think we have conceptions of what we think people should have or how things should go. And it doesn't work that way. You've got to listen to the people on the ground. You've got to listen to the community because they have all the answers. And I think it, um, I learned a lot. I think we made a lot of mistakes. We've learned now, we've been there for over 14 years with our nonprofit. And I think listening is the key thing to being a great leader. When you listen to people and hear what is happening, you can make such an impact. But when you just go about it your own way, it doesn't really happen. Well, Chris and Sarah, I appreciate you coming uh, on Thank this you. podcast. Glad we were able to meet today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Short circumstances. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, I'm Kevin Edwards. asking you to go out there, listen, people, and always keep it real. <laughs> Thank you. Almost awesome. heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. How about that story today, folks? I don't think Disney could write a better script. Right now, I just want to take some time and thank all of you for being with us today and who have been with us through all 100 episodes of this podcast. 
And if you haven't shared this podcast with your friends and family members, people who you think might be able to take away a few things, might feel inspired from an episode like this, please, I'd like you to share this episode with them or leave a review telling me what you think and how we can improve. To thank you once more, I've got another coupon code for you. It's podcast25. When you enter this code on real-layers.com, you are going to receive four magazines for the price of three. There is so many good stories like Sarah's in our magazines. And I'm telling you, it's going to improve the way you live. It's going to improve the way you think. And it's going to make you grateful for what you have. So go online to real-layers.com, enter in coupon code podcast25, and you will receive 25% off a year subscription. For all the visual learners out there today, if you want to watch this interview on your computer or TV with friends and family, make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel at Realtors Magazine to see Princess Sarah and the other guests who are harnessing capitalism to sustain the planet, people, and profits. That's it for me. Thanks again for listening to the Realtors Podcast and stay tuned for the next episode.